What's up, Ascent family? We're so glad that you are joining us online today. We believe that God can and will meet you wherever you are. My name is Aisha. For those of you that haven't met me yet, I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And today I have the privilege of kicking off our brand new series called True North. I believe this series is gonna be critical for the season that we're in right now, the time that we're living in. And I can't wait to hear all the things that God has to share with us. So if you've ever been on a hike, if you've ever gone on a road trip, if you've ever been somewhere you've never been before, you know how important it is to know where you're going so you don't get lost and so that you reach your destination. And y'all, that applies to our personal lives and how we live out our faith on a day-to-day -day basis. So y'all, hear me out. I am not an outdoorsy person in the least bit. If you know me, you know that to be true. But this year has felt a lot alike navigating the wilderness. It has been unfamiliar. It has been unpredictable. And it has been a bit uncomfortable. Can you relate to that? Have you felt like you've been wandering in the wilderness this year, unsure of what to do, unsure of where to go? Should I stay in Colorado or should I move? Should I take that leap of faith and start the business or should I stay here in this job that I know doesn't serve me anymore? Unsure of what your purpose is, unsure if you're actually living that out right now. And y'all, the thing about the wilderness is there's, there's no signs that tell you where to go, what you should do, what's on the other side. No, there's no yellow brick road that, that you just follow. It's uncharted territory. So how do we best navigate the wilderness? How do we best navigate our lives? Well, we need a tool, something like a compass. And y'all, I was prepared to go full on Dora the Explorer. You know, how my little backpack, backpack. Some of y'all may not know nothing about that. And that's all right. But y'all, as I started doing research about this compass, something that I've never used, this is my first time holding this, there was something that I read that really struck my mind. I learned about the difference between true north and magnetic north. And I want to read to you what I found. It says true north is the direction towards the fixed point that we call the North Pole. Magnetic north is the direction towards the North Magnetic Pole, which is a wandering point where the Earth's magnetic field goes vertically down into the planet. Now, some of y'all might have checked out because you thought I was going all science on you. False news. No, I'm not. In Aisha words, true north is the exact positioning, while magnetic north will get you somewhere in the vicinity, right? Somewhere in the general area. And that got me thinking, what has been our magnetic north? Has it been politics? Has it been culture? Has it been society? Has it been social media? Has it been our friends, our peers? Has it been keeping up with the Joneses, whoever that family is? I believe that our true north is rooted in God. He wants to lead us. He wants to direct us. He can make a way out of no way, y'all. He is truly a way maker. And on that note, I wanna pause and worship the King of Kings.
Well, friends, as Aisha said, we are going to enter into a song that reminds us of who our great God is, that he is a promise keeper, that he is a way maker, that he is a light in the darkness. Uh, today, we have the special joy of being joined by a good friend of mine. Luke Hall is with us today over from Rocky Church, and uh, we are a big C church, and we get to serve and worship um, with one another, and I just love when that happens. So um, together we're going to enter into worship, and we want to invite you to personalize these words. Be reminded today about who our great God is. So would you join us? It goes like this. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, you're working, working in this place. I worship you, I worship you. Sing it again. Yes, you are here, you're moving, moving in our midst. We believe, I worship you, I worship you. Yes, you are here, you are here. I worship you, because you're a way maker. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. So you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are Turning lives around 
come on. We sing even when. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. That's when I don't see. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop
Hey guys, I'm standing in here in our auditorium at Ascent and I got my stocking cap on and I got my, my sweatshirt all bundled up because those of you who are Ascent old timers know it's cold in here. This building is massive and it costs way too much to keep it warm all week, so we just don't even try. But check this out, old timers, because this is one of my favorite things. There are a lot of people either watching this or listening to it as a podcast who have never been inside this building. Because for the last several months, while we've been having to go virtual, people have continued to find Ascent for the first time, to plug in here, to get connected, to find community, and to call this church their home, even though they've never been inside these walls. I think that is one of the coolest ways that we can see how God really is a way maker. Despite the limitations that we have now, God is making a way for people to find and be a part of the ministry of this church. And all of that can only happen because the generosity of those of you who have chosen to, to partner with the ministry and the mission and the vision of Ascent. We are so grateful that you have chosen to be a part of this mission, that you have chosen to honor God by giving back from what God has already given you. And listen, for some of you who've maybe never thought about that before, here's, here's what I just wanna say. What kind of story, what kind of life change, what kind of mission could you be a part of if you choose to become a partner with this church? There are a bunch of ways to give. You can see them on your screen or you can go to our website at ascentcc.org. We would love to have you come along on this journey with us. And here's what's really cool, because we are about to start what I think is the best thing that we do all year, the biggest example of the way that our mission seeks to bless our community, and that is through the Christmas shop. Last year, we had literally thousands of kids get to wake up on Christmas morning and find a present and find a bunch of presents actually because of this Christmas shop. And it is coming up and we need all hands on deck for this. It's gonna look really different this year. We're actually gonna spread the shop out through the entire building so that it's really socially distanced. It's gonna be big because we know that the need is going to be even bigger. So many families have been affected by the economic situation here that we anticipate an incredible need. So will you help us meet that need? We need you to be out there picking up toys and bringing them by. But more than that, we need you to be out there recruiting other people to get on board with the Christmas shop. Talk to your boss, talk to the people you work with, talk to your teammates, talk to your underground dance crew, like whoever your people are, your HOA, your neighborhood. We need your creativity to figure out how to fill up the shelves so that we can fill up Christmas morning for all of the kids in need in our area. We need you. You can start dropping those off at the church right now. Uh, we're here uh, Monday through Thursday, 10 to five. You will find somebody here ready to receive those for you. One last thing before we hop back into the message. Uh, as a way to help you continue to engage with the message of Ascent that you hear every Sunday, we're gonna start offering for you some discussion questions to talk with your family, with some friends, with a friend over coffee, whatever it looks like. So at the end of the service, uh, you can press pause on the video. They'll be on the screen or you can head to our website. You can find them there. Or uh, we have a Facebook group called the Ascent Cafe, which is a chance just to check in and chat with other people at Ascent. You can find them there. We wanna help take the message you hear now be a part of the rest of your week. Let me say a prayer and we'll hop right back to Aisha. God, thank you so much 
for this day. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you are doing in our community. God, we pray that you would take all of those efforts that, that we muster up inside of us and you would point them back towards true north, God, that we would be drawn to you, that we would be led in your direction. It's in your name we pray, God. Amen. When it comes to God being our true north, when it comes to God leading us and directing us and showing us the path to take, there's several places in scripture we can go to. But today I wanna to camp out in a particular verse. I wanna look at a pivotal moment in the life of a boy named Samuel. You see, Samuel's mom, Hannah, was barren for many years and she reached her breaking point and she poured out her heart to God in prayer and asked for him to give her a son. And she vowed that if he did, that she would dedicate her son back to God for all the days of his life. And God answered her prayer and gave her Samuel. So when Samuel was old enough and Hannah no longer needed to nurture him, Hannah sent him to live with a priest named Eli and to serve the Lord alongside him. And that's where we find ourselves in 1 Samuel 3. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli, here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied, go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Y'all, when I hear this passage, I think of one of my favorite childhood games that I would play in the pool, Marco Polo. If you've never played it before, one person is it, and with their eyes closed, they have to find and tag the other people in the pool. And how they do that, again, their eyes are closed, so they have to listen. So the person who's it, they say Marco, and the other people say Polo. And based on what you hear, the one that seems closest in proximity, that's who you go to. That's who you try to tag. And y'all, that's exactly what was happening between Samuel and God. Y'all, Samuel was playing Marco Polo with God and he didn't even know it. God called Samuel twice. And those two times, Samuel thought it was another source. Samuel thought it was coming from somewhere else. And the question that I wanna ask all of us today is are we hearing God's voice? Are we aware that God is speaking to us? Or like Samuel, do we have our sources mixed up? One of the worst things that happened to me when I was playing Marco Polo is that everyone that I was playing with had the brilliant idea that it would be great to just sneak out of the pool one by one while I'm it. 
And y'all, this is against the rules. You're not supposed to leave the pool. So here I am, Marco, Marco. And like the word polo is becoming more and more faint until eventually I don't hear anything. Like it just goes dead quiet. And I'm such a rule follower that I'm legit there for a minute, just like, Marco, Marco. I should have been hearing something, but I heard nothing. And I wonder if some of you are in that position today. You've never heard God's voice or God's voice has become so faint in your life. And what you're gonna hear me say a lot today is that God's voice is our true north. That's how we best navigate the wilderness. That's how we best navigate this season. That's how we best navigate life. And that's how we experience the abundant life that Jesus offers us. Knowing his word, knowing his heart, knowing his character, knowing his promises, knowing the Holy Spirit, our internal compass, our helper, our personal tour guide, if you will. All these things help us to better identify God's voice. But first, I wanna address one of the barriers we can have when it comes to hearing God's voice. We must first believe that God wants to speak to us and that we have the ability to hear Him. I'm gonna say that again. We must believe that God wants to speak to us and that we have the ability to hear from Him. We serve a relational God. He doesn't just want us to speak to Him. No, He wants to speak to us. Y'all, He wants to speak to us. Don't just take my word for it. We can look at how this has happened over and over again in Scripture. God spoke to Adam and Eve. God spoke to Noah. God spoke to Joshua. God spoke to Isaiah. God spoke to Elijah. God spoke to Jonah. God spoke to Paul. God spoke to Peter. And the list goes on. He's not just a God who spoke back in the day. He's not just a God who spoke in biblical times. No, he's a God that still speaks today. He's a God that speaks to his sons and daughters. But do you believe that? God can speak to us in nature. God can speak to us in stillness and quiet and solitude. God can speak to us through other people. God can speak to us in dreams. Y'all, God can speak to us through his word. Scripture tells us that his word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible is not just a book that we read. No, it's a book that reads us, y'all. Let's look at what it says in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It goes on to say that a stranger's voice, they will not follow, they will not listen to. Jeremiah 33, three says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Psalm 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Y'all, God is in the details. How can he direct us if we can't hear from him? If, if we're not supposed to hear from him? He's telling us to call to him and he will answer. Y'all, he wants to speak to us. And there's a powerful quote by A.W. Tozer that I wanna share with you all. It says, the one who does not expect God to speak 
will discount every single time that God does speak. So yeah, we have to believe that God speaks. We have to believe that we can hear him. And we also have to expect him to speak to us. When's the last time that you expected God to speak to you? When you got in your car and you drove to work, did you expect God to speak to you? When you started listening to that podcast, when you were at home by yourself, were you in, in that low place? When you were listening to that podcast, when you were tuning in to church online, were you expecting God to speak to you in a personal and specific way? Family, we got to level up our expectation. If you remember in verse one, it said that God's voice was rare in that day. God's voice was rare in that time. So if you're listening to me today and you've never heard God's voice, you rarely hear God's voice, you barely hear God's voice, I wanna encourage you to cling to his word, to cling to his promises. Remind God of what his word says. It says that his sheep hear his voice. We are his sheep. So we have to lean on that and believe in that. God's voice is not something that is confined and limited to a select group of people. No, all of us have access to hear God's voice. And you know, something else as I was reading this text and studying it that spoke to me was the posture of Samuel when he started to hear what God was saying. Samuel was resting, y'all. Samuel got his greatest revelation while he was laying down, while his mind had turned down, while his body was relaxed. And this just reminds me of the encounter Jesus had with Mary and Martha in scripture. If you're not familiar with the story, Jesus shows up at Mary and Martha's home and Martha, you know, starts doing the dishes, starts doing all the things. And Mary just sits down and pauses at his feet. And then Martha gets an attitude. She's like, Jesus, listen, I am doing all this work all by myself and my sister ain't doing nothing but sitting at your feet. You need to check her because this, this ain't cool. And then Jesus is like, whoa, it's all right. Mary has chosen the good thing. You are doing too much. You are worried about too many things. And as I thought about that in this scripture, I realize even for myself, like Samuel, I'm surprised at what I hear when I'm in a posture of rest. I'm surprised at the clarity that comes right when I lay down because my mind is just going like 150 miles per hour and I'm going down the list, the list of all the things that I have to get done. But then when I'm resting, clarity comes. Revelation comes, strategy comes, creativity comes. When I'm working on a sermon and I get stuck and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna take a nap. As Soon as I lay down, something comes and I'm like half sleep typing in my phone. I wonder if being burnt out is blocking God's voice out. God cares about rest, y'all. He talks about it so many times. Come to me and I will give you rest. You see, Samuel had a physical posture of rest, but a spiritual posture of seeking. He was seeking God. He was curious. He served God faithfully. And y'all, I believe he is an example of what it says in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all those things shall be added unto you. 
We need to develop a heart posture of seeking Him first, of being so hungry for Him, so desperate for Him. And y'all, there's a song I want us to listen to that speaks exactly to that. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Before I lift my cares, I will lift my arms. I want to know you, I want to find you in every season, in every moment. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart and see. Samuel was seeking God. Samuel was serving God. Yet he needed help from a friend to realize that God was speaking to him. 
something else I see in this passage is that godly community can help us confirm whether or not we're hearing God's voice. If you've ever been unsure of the source of the voice you're hearing, is that me? Is that something that I heard? Is that something that I ate? Or is this actually God speaking to me? Godly community can help confirm God's voice. Our last series called Life Together was all about godly community. But in this context, godly community is a little bit different because Eli and Samuel are not peers. Eli is actually more of a mentor relationship with Samuel. You see, Eli is not only older in age, but he's a bit more spiritually mature. He has a bit more mileage on him, if you know what I'm saying. Eli is someone who has believed that God can speak to him, someone that has expected that God can speak to him, and someone that has followed God's voice as true north in his own life. Eli is further along down the path, and he has some wisdom to offer Samuel. And Proverbs talks a lot about this, but there's a verse in particular that comes to mind for me. Proverbs 11:14 says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Who is the Eli in your life? Who is your sounding board? Who is the person that is filled with godly wisdom? Who is the person that is not gonna try to be the God in your life, but is actually going to redirect you to God for yourself? And that's what we see in Eli. Let's look at the last few verses. Verse nine. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Those words are so powerful. Speak, your servant is listening. I love the message translation. It says, I'm your servant, ready to listen. Family, are you ready to listen? Are you making space for God to speak to you? One of the frustrations I hear a lot and have a lot of conversations about it's people feeling like, I don't hear God's voice. He doesn't speak to me. And then my question to them is always, well, when's the last time that you took time to listen? You took time to pause. And if we're honest, most of us don't always make time to listen. How can we expect to hear from God? If we get over the hurdles of believing that we can hear from God, believing that He wants to speak to us, the last little hurdle is making space to listen. You know, it takes time to build a consistent prayer life. And several years ago, I had gotten to that place where I was very consistent and, you know, I would talk to God and I was like, wow, I remember when I struggled and, you know, look at me now. And then, you know, God had to check me. He was like, Aisha. He, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this and this was popular, but this is what I feel like he was telling me. He was like, Aisha, this is what you're doing. And this is what I need you to do. I got in the habit of speaking a lot. And now I had to learn how to pause and listen. 
when I'm asking God for clarity, when I'm asking God for guidance, when I'm asking God, what direction do I go? What's my next step? Do I pause and listen? Do I take a cue from Samuel and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I believe Samuel shows us that belief that we need. I believe Samuel shows us the posture that we need. I believe Samuel shows us the expectancy that we need for God's voice to be true north in our life. And y'all, this passage carries great weight for me because 10 years ago, I heard it preached at my church for the very first time. And my pastor said something that I believe significantly impacted my life and just where I am today. He said, it's my job to teach you how to hear God's voice for yourself. And then I made Samuel, Samuel's story, my blueprint. So I would go home in my studio apartment in Los Angeles, this little tiny little thing. I would go in my little corner and I just started praying. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I would go back to his promise in John 10 and remind God what his word says. You say that your sheep hear your voice and I'm one of your sheep and God, I wanna know your voice. And I would sit there, I would say that prayer and I would just pause. Now, I gotta be real, several times I prayed that and I just sat in silence. And I think it's important that you know that because someone could apply this prayer to their own life and do it once and not hear anything and be like, yep, see, I told you, God don't speak. But you gotta press through that. You gotta press through that. You gotta press through the doubt and disbelief that will come that like, you know what, you ain't gonna hear. I was at a church where so many people would always say, God told me this, God showed me this. And I'm like, what am I missing? Cause God not telling me nothing. But I had to, I had to believe first that God could speak to me. I had to expect him to speak to me. Even if I didn't always get it when I took that time out to listen, I expected that he would. And just like that Marco Polo game, his voice started to become a little faint for me. And I'd be like, is that guy, is that me? I'm not sure and I would just write it down. I just write it down. I started diving deeper in his word. And I felt like God was speaking to me through his word and then I would write things down. And it's not about hearing God immediately when you pause to listen. It's about the cumulative practice of creating space to listen, creating space to hear. And as I started to do that, God's voice started to become real familiar for me. And as a woman who used to pride herself on her plan and all the things that she was gonna do, my magnetic north, <laughs> that compass that I used to use to make all my decisions and determine what I do, that was replaced by God's voice. And God's voice became my true north. And I started to make decisions that I didn't always understand, but I trusted God's voice. And y'all, the fact that Maurice and I are here in Colorado at Ascent is a direct product of me hearing God's voice. We came here during the interview and as we were in the sanctuary, I heard God say, this is gonna be your new home before the job was offered to Maurice. And that's why I said yes. Otherwise, ain't gonna lie, I was not ready to leave. <laughs>
I said no, definitely said no. But I said yes because his voice, I heard it so clearly. And family, I share that with you because I believe there's so many things that God wants to speak to you. There's so many things that God wants to speak to us. And we have to believe that there's things he wants to say. We have to believe that we can hear. We have to believe and trust that he has a plan for us. That's what it says in Jeremiah 29, a plan for good, a plan to prosper us. We have a purpose and we're going to find that by hearing God's voice. So family, I want to challenge you all this week for the next seven days. I want you to apply Samuel's prayer to your own life. And where, wherever you are in your journey, whether it's 90 seconds of sitting in silence and listening, or it's three minutes, you figure out where you are and what works best for you. I want you to create space to listen and be expectant that there's something that God wants to speak to you. And if you've never heard his voice, that he especially wants to speak to you. God's voice is our true north. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the ability you've given your children to hear your voice. I thank you, God, that we can come to you, that you hear us, and that you want to speak to us. God, would you remove any barriers that we have? God, would you increase our expectancy? Would we seek you not when we just have a big decision that we need to make or when we're in a crisis, God, but on a day-to-day -day basis, God? We wanna be led by you. We wanna be on the path that you've paid for us. Your word says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that you would show them, that you would show us what is the step that you have for us right now. Give us a hunger for your voice like never before. Help us to press past everything that would cause us to turn to our magnetic north. We love you, God, and we thank you for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, come on, we sing worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Yeah, we live for you. Only you, Jesus, only you. Oh, Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. He's the only one. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Yeah, we live for you. All right, this is who he is. We sing holy. And holy, there is no one none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you 
Come on, we sing. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Yes, you are. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Yeah, we live for you. All right, straight to him, straight to Jesus we sing. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Yes, he is. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, yes. Oh, we live for you. Always holy, you believe it, you sing. In holy, there is no one like. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me and your love to those around me. Man, we believe that this love that we sing about is a foundation that never cracks, never wavers, and it stands strong through the firmest storm. And man, we're getting too used to going through storms right now. So if you need to see Jesus move and you believe that his love is a foundation, we're gonna sing it together and make it our prayer. Come on, we sing, I'll build my life. And I will build my life upon
Shaking. No, I'll never be shaken. 